Hello, you people. Hello. Hello, you people. People. And welcome to the Wildly Soup Podcast. I'm Nate. I am. And we're going to do this again one more time. One for, more time? Eh, many just more one? times. Just one? One more of many. One times. more of many times. One more of many times. <laughs> All right. The Motley Soup Podcast, <laughs> and here we roll. <laughs> we just and got here started. We, go. we just got started. <laughs> we just got started. Shit just got started. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, welcome to the Motley Soup Podcast. Another uh, thing for your enjoyment. If you live, if you're one of the folks that listen that live in Ohio, I guess there's supposed to be snow. I guess it was supposed to happen at seven, and it's nine thirty, and there's no snow yet. Yeah, well, you know that's how it goes. I'm sure we act like it's a unique thing to Ohio, but I'm sure everybody in the country deals with it. You get a you get a weather forecast, and that's a bunch of hooey. You know, they predict yeah. they predict a tragedy, and then you wind up with you know an inch of snow and some <laughs> ice and. Everybody bought up all the bread and milk for no reason, because they're idiots. All right, so anyway, that being said, this week on the show, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about, but I want you first to talk about your new project Oh, that's going down. That's happening first? Yeah. Well, okay Going down. That way, if I bore them with my content, you've got your plug out before we get to that part of the show. This is true, but you might get on some sort of like presidential tirade of some kind no no politics no politics no this politics time. this well, time so he says well guys it, so he says pretty much no politics okay it's what i thought well no my new project is not another podcast believe it or not but i'm actually drawing a comic yep yep yep, yep. it's only available on webtoon currently but it's called fuzz faces so if you could go check it out you'd be supporting me and i'd love that if you know anything about our house we have three cats that feel like 27 we really do it feels and like 27 that was cats. the inspiration for your tune right it really was so it's a comic about our cats yes and they're distinct Wacky personalities. Absolutely. And I only have a few episodes up. So, so what platform is it on? It's only on Webtoon currently. Which is an app? It is an app, a website, doesn't matter. Okay. They have all the above. I just want everybody to, you know, yeah. Webtoon. Webtoon.com or use the app. It's free. It's free content. And check out the comic, which is called? Fuzz Faces. Fuzz Faces. There you go. Yep, it's on the canvas. So if you go to Webtoon, there are originals and there's canvas. I'm on canvas. Check, check, check it out. Thank you, guys. Do it, do it. All right. So, the first thing I want to... Well, first of all, I found something that we're going to talk about in a little bit that might curdle your stomach a little bit. Oh, man. Funky foods from the past. That I just ate taquitos. I fun- enjoyed them, taquitos. too. Taquitos. Funky, food, funky foods from the past that people used to eat. Some of them you're not going to believe. I saw this article and went into it and was like, oh, oh. Uh, is it like, like mayonnaise this? gelatin kind of a deal? Some of that kind of stuff's yep. on there. Okay, yep. gotcha. I'm waiting. But first, I wanted to talk about the arrogance of human beings. Oh. We are an arrogant bunch, aren't we? Yes. We a lot of us think we're the only spe- living species or living the only planet with life in the entire friggin' universe. Arrogance. We also have this tendency to think that all the things that we're going through as a society, as as a race. As a, as a as a clan as a group has never happened before like we're the first ones to ever experience anything and my point of this is everybody always thinks their time is is the time with the most bad things 
and it's going to be the end of the world. Hmm. You know, we think that because we as Americans, and I'm not saying that what happened with our last election and the Capitol and all that stuff wasn't awful, but it's not like it's something unique that's never happened in the history of the world, you know. Many civilizations and many times have mm-hmm. gone through the same shit. Right. We all go through it. We just happen to be living in this time. The people that are long dead thought their time was the end times or the most important times. Again, the arrogance of humanity, the silliness of humanity. Yeah. Uh, you've heard me go on rants about my feelings about the 9,642 religions out there. Everybody's God's the God. All that. It's also goofy. We're an arrogant bunch of folk. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because I started thinking about that. I was like, you know, I remember back in the 80s when... Um, I would see televangelists on my grandmother's television talking about what was happening right then in 1985 or 1987. That was in the Book of Revelations. The end of the world was coming. You know, Magog, that's Russia, and the, the eagle and the bear, and blah, 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 blah. And all, you know, the, the, they, they said that the European Union was this, the, what is it, the seven-headed beast or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the Book of Revelation. You can read prophecy and make it work to whatever you want it to mean. That's right. It's very loose. It's very, you know, read the book of Revelation sometime and tell me that you couldn't take any time out of history and make that the book of Revelation. But anyway, that's what I thought was interesting. I went down a wormhole and started reading about all of the times that people have predicted the end of the world. Nice. Ready? I, I am. This may not even... We, we may have to do this on quite a few episodes because there's a lot. There is a lot of times that they have predicted the end of the world. So you tell me when to stop. First of all, from the year 66 to the year 70. Burp one. The Jewish Essenes, or Essenes, I don't know how to pronounce it. I assume it's Essene. The Jewish Essene sect of aesthetics saw the Jewish uprising against the Romans in 66 to 70 in Judea as the final end time battle which would bring about the arrival of the by, of the Messiah. By the authority of Simon, coins were minted declaring the redemption of Israel. There's the first one. In 365, Hilary of Poitiers, this early French bishop, announced the end of the world would happen during that year. Wow. Martin of Tours, from 375 to 400, that French bishop, stated that the world would end before 400 AD, writing, There's no doubt that the Antichrist has already been born. Firmly established already in, this early, in his early years, he will, after reaching maturity, achieve supreme power. <sighs> Let's see. In the year 500, this is a fun name, Hippolytus. Or Hippolytus of Rome, Sextus, Julius, Africanus, Irianus. All three predicted Jesus would return in the year 500, with one of the predictions being based on the dimensions of Noah's Ark. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see here. In the year 800, Sextus, Julius, and Africanus, this Christian, or Sextus, Julius, Africanus, I guess is his name, this Christian historian revised his prediction from the year 500 to the year 800. (laughs) Well, it didn't happen in 500, so I'm telling you, it's going to happen in 800. Mm. I got the story now. I got it right. Gregory of Tours, a French bishop, calculated the end of the world would occur between 799 and 806. Okay. Yeah. Um... 
Various Christians from 992 to 995, Good Friday coincided with the Feast of the Annunciation. This had long been believed to be the event that would bring forth the Antichrist and thus the end times within three years. Hmm. Didn't pan out for him, did it? No. <clears throat> uh, year 1000, according to several sources, various Christian clerics predicted the date as the millennium, including Pope Sylvester II. As a result, riots are said to have occurred in Europe and pilgrims headed east to Jerusalem. Other historians, however, have disputed that any of these events even ever took place. <laughs> so that one's even up in the air, whether it even happened. From 1200 to 1260, Joachim of Fiore. Okay, sorry. Joachim of Fiore. This Italian mystic determined that the millennium would begin between 1200 and 1260. We were all done. Yeah. Pope Innocent III, who died in... Tw- Pope uh, Innocent? Pope, His name is Innocent? Pope Innocent III. Wow. Predicted that the... The third. There were three of there them. There were three of them. There were three innocents. Yeah, the other two were kind of shady, though. Uh, this yeah. guy... This guy was the real innocent. Right. He's the real deal. <laughs> third time's a charm, right? Yeah. And right. he predicted that the world would end 666 years after the rise of Islam in 618. Okay. Didn't happen. All right. Yokomedes. 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 I'm naming my next cat after that. Yokomedes. Yokomedes. After his 1260 prediction failed, <laughs> the followers of Yokima Flore rescheduled the end of the world <laughs> to 1290 and then again to 1335. What? They just kept hitting the snooze button right, right. on the apocalypse. Do you see what I'm getting yeah. at here? I keep going. This, All right. I'm having fun. <laughs> 1346 to 1351. Various Europeans. Were the culprits here? The Black Death spreading across Europe, across Europe was interpreted by many as the sign of the end times. Honestly, sound familiar? Honestly, if that if I lived in those times, I would have probably believed that one because there was like a big death toll with that. So I would have believed that one. We think that us dying is the end of the world. See what I mean about our arrogance? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, sorry. Oh, another another of the Yokomedes. All right, Yokomedes. Bunch in thirteen seventy eight. His name was Arnoldus de Villanova. That wow. should be the next cat's name. Artemis Ar- Arnoldus de Villanova. Okay. Would you like a treat? I can't even say it. <laughs> well, he wrote that the Antichrist was to come in thirteen seventy eight. Okay. Guess what? No Antichrist. All right, moving on to no the sixteenth century. In fifteen oh four, Sandro Botticelli. This painter believed he was living during the tribulation and the millennium would begin in three and a half years from 1500. He wrote into his painting the mystical nativity that the devil was loose and would soon be chained. Okay, so that was an artist? Yes. Botticelli. On February of 1524, a group of astrologers in London predicted the world would end by a flood starting in London based on calculations made the previous June. 20,000 Londoners left their homes and headed for higher ground in anticipation. I bet they did. Sheeple. Johanna Stoffler. Johanna. He predicted uh, in 1524 that a planetary alignment in Pisces um, was a sign of the apocalypse. Gotcha. So Johanna was a guy? Sounds like a very feminine name. Johannes, there he is. Johannes. Oh, his, they said Johanna. With his big beak. Yo- Johannes. Going on there. All right. Johannes. All right, let's see here. What's another? I'm 
1525 would mark the beginning beginning of the apocalypse, according to this Anabaptist. I don't even know what an Anabaptist What's is. What's an Anabaptist? His followers were killed by cannon fire in an uneven battle with government troops. He died under torture and was beheaded. So I guess it was the end of his world. It was. <laughs> What's an anti-baptist? Let's find out. Let's find out. Anabaptist. Anabaptist. I thought you said anti-anti. Is a Christian movement which traces its origins to the Radical Reformation. So, So once again, once again, another, another religion. Another religion. Leading someone to die for their religion. All right. (laughs) Michael Stifel. A mathematician calculated, don't know how he did it, but he calculated that Judgment Day would begin at 8 a.m. on October 19th, 1533. Wow. It's kind of random. That's pretty precise. Yeah, and guess what? Not he a, was fucking wrong. He was way wrong. <laughs> I do want to know what happened at, what did you say, 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. on uh, October, October 19th, 1533. I would have loved to have known what happened that day. Nothing. Everybody ate their bacon and eggs and went to work. Of to be a cobbler or a or a blacksmith or something, something, whatever they were back in fifteen thirty three. All right, let's see. Let's roll on here. We're only in the fifteen hundreds. Oh my god! We've done talked about this for like ten minutes. Bring it! I want want more. All right. Fifteen fifty five. This guy's got a fun name, Pierre de Ailly. Around fourteen hundred, this French theologian wrote that 6,845 years of human history had already passed and the end of the world would be in the 7,000th year. Wow. He, he was wrong. <laughs> Notice a trend that they're wrong. In the 7,000th year? Yes. He produ- he said in 1555 that the earth was 6,845 years of human history at that we were six thousand. Oh, I see. I didn't catch that. I guess I wasn't listening very well. I understand now. Michael Servetus, in his book *The Restoration of Christianity*, claimed that the devil's reign in this in this world had started in 325 A.D. He wrote this in 1585 at the Council of Nicaea and would last for 1260 years, thus ending in 1585. Oh. These people just pull this shit out of their ass, don't they? We're not even the 1600s yet, are we? No, we're not. No, we're not. Um, Martin Luther, who founded the, uh, who did the the Protestant Reformation against the Catholics, and that's why you have Methodists and Baptists and blah, blah, blah. Well, he predicted the end of the world would occur no later than the year 1600. Okay. And lo and behold, on 1624, we're still here. (laughs) And still theorizing. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we are. Uh, 1st of February, some London astrologers, the same astrologers who predicted the deluge of the 1st of February, 1524, recalculated the date to 100 years later after their first prophecy failed. Okay. And you notice they calculated it for after they'd be long dead so that no one could ever... Right, come after them? Come after them for being fucking wrong. All right, let's see here. 1648, Zabatai Zevi. Using the Kabbalah, he proclaimed that the Messiah would come during that year. He later claimed to 
he later claimed to be the Messiah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, All you know right. what? He, he right. owned it. Yeah, <laughs> he owned it. He's taking it. He was right. like, I told you the Messiah would come, and here I am. I am right here. Someone bring me a bottle of wine. <laughs> he is capitalizing. The Savior is thirsty. Thirsty. <laughs> hmm. He is trying to capitalize on this one. Anyway. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Rolling on. Where are we at? We are Christopher Columbus. Oh wow, Christopher Columbus, sixteen fifty six, huh? Predicted that the world. He apparently he wrote. I'd have to dig into this. Oh, because it says Book of Prophecies fifteen or one. Columbus predicted the world would end during this year. So even he was predicting the end of the wow, world. Wow, Christopher Columbus. <sighs> All right, the fifth monarchists. From 1655 to 1657, this group of radical Christians predicted that the final apocalyptic battle and the destruction of the Antichrist were to take place between 1655 and 1657. Didn't happen. Huh. Weird. Go figure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of predictions. That's a huge list. Of the end of the world. I'm trying to get closer to our time. Well, yeah, let's get to some familiar names. Like what year? That's 1800. We're okay. Wow. We're, we're still scrolling. We're, we're into the 20th century now here. 1900. Right. Uh, the Catholic apo- Apost- Apostolic. I'm sorry. The Catholic Apostolic Church, founded in 1831, claimed that Jesus would return by the time the last of its 12 founding members have died. That last member died in 1901. <laughs> uh, Camille Flammarion Flammarion predicted that the 1910 appearance of Halley's Comet would impregnate that atmosphere and possibly snuff out all life on the planet but not the planet itself Comet pills were sold to protect, protect against toxic gases What? I wonder what those pills were <laughs> Probably sugar pills Probably placebos Placebos? Yep Alright so we got uh, Charles Piazzi Smith here. He was a pyramidologist. He concluded that his research on the dimensions of the Great Pyramid of Giza, that the second coming would occur somewhere between 1892 and 1911. Didn't happen. Da, da, da. Skipping. Let's skip ahead a few more. All right. Let's see here. We're getting into the, let's see, the, the 20s. Yeah, 1920s. Let's see, Walter Marks in 1934, uh, he told the House of Representatives in Australia that Armageddon would occur in 1934 and culminate with the Royal Navy bringing Christ's chosen people to Jerusalem. Wow. Yeah. Didn't happen, though. No. (laughs) Herbert W. Armstrong, the founder of the Worldwide Church of God in 1936, told his members of his church that the rapture was to take place in 1936 and only they would be saved. After the prophecy failed, he changed the date three more times. Of course he did. I wonder what those dates were. <laughs> yeah, there we go. 1943. The first three, first of three revised dates from Armstrong after his 1936 prediction uh, failed right. to come true. So, almost ten years later. Yeah. Um, we'll find the third one here in just a little bit, I'm sure. We'll probably get there. Oh, goody. This one's... Dorothy Martin in 1954, the world to be destroyed by terrible flooding on that day 
20, 21st December 1954, claimed the lead, this leader of a UFO cult called the Brotherhood of the Seven Rays. Wow. The fallout of the group after the prediction failed was the basis for the 1956 book When Prophecy Fails. We all know about the Branch Davidians. Um, Do we all know about the Branch Davidians? Well, they eventually became whatever was, what's his name, uh, David Koresh. Uh, let's see. It's like, you might have to elaborate for some of this This day here. would mark the beginning of the third woe of the apocalypse, during which the southeastern United States would be destroyed by a Soviet nuclear attack, according to the UFO prophet John Van Tassel, or George Van Tassel, who claimed to have channeled an alien named Ashtar. He predicted that in 1967. Charles Manson, you know, he predicted Helter Skelter. Yeah. You know, the apocalyptic race mm-hmm. war. Uh, here There's we go. Mr. Armstrong is back in 1972. This guy must be old. Herbert came back in 72. All right. This is the second of his three revised no, Ends of the third. World. This is the third. Second of three. Well, the second of three. I yes. see. Um, there he is again. Herbert's fourth and final prediction in 1975. And then he probably croaked or something. Uh, let's see. 1977, we had two of them. John Rowe, the founder of the Christian Israelite Church, predicted this year for the Armageddon to occur, as did William M. Branham, a Christian minister. Hmm. He predicted the rapture would occur no later than 1977. So, you know, then you get into the 80s and blah, blah, blah. And with the expansion of television and everything, we all know a lot of these or, you know, they become more <laughs> because you have more people with. But what I, my point was, going all the way back to the year 66. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. People have predicted the end of the world. And guess what? We are not unique in our era, in our age, in our time. Don't get all worried. The world's not ending. It didn't end for these people, and it's not going to end for us till we croak. I'm just saying, just wanted to prove a point there, and hopefully... Most recents. Hope, hopefully. Hmm? So we got some most recents on this list, even 2019 and 2020. Did, all right. Didn't even know those were included, did you? No, I just figured I was going on and on with this list, and I don't want to lose listeners who get bored with it. But gotcha. A couple of modern ones, yeah. All Let's right. hit up the last two modern ones. 19 right. and 20. June 9th, June 9th, 2019. Ronald Wineland. Wineland, who previously predicted the world would end in 2011, 2012, and 2013, predicted in 2018 that Jesus would return on June 9th, 2019. Prior to the date occurring, he began to express some doubts regarding his own prediction. Congratulations, Ronald. And Jean Dixon predicted that Armageddon would take place in 2020. She previously predicted the world would end on February 4th, 1962. Wow. So I just want to know where these folks get all their predictions from. I think they're just wackadoodles. Okay. Who think that because, again, because they live in, in stressful times. Like, all times are stressful times. <laughs> okay, people. There have really never... In the history of the human race, been good times. Like, you and I can have a good time. We can make good times together. You and your family can have a good time. 
But generally, as a human race, we're usually having a bad time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's never good. There's always the impending war. There's always, you know, the the rich and the powerful are holding down the poor and the not-so-powerful. It has been... These themes have ran through entire the entirety of human civilization. The pharaohs. It's always been the same way. You just have TV now. And, you know... But do you know what they could do to have a good time themselves or them, their families? Segway. Segway. Go ahead. Get the adventure challenge. Oh, nice. Yeah. By also using the Motley Soup code for a 10% discount, you're also helping us out too as a listener. They have solo editions, they have family editions, and they have couple editions. Plus, they got a few extras, little fun stuffs that you can add to your adventure. Well, there you go, people. TheAdventureChallenge.com Molly And congratulations soup. to David Gold, who won our Adventure Challenge Challenge Challenge. Oh, our Adventure, yeah, the Motley the challenge. Soup Challenge for, for the Adventure Challenge Challenge. Woo, 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 woo. Congrats, David. Yes, congratulations. Hope you and your family enjoy that. Do enjoy it on us. Yes. On us. Okay. So, do you think we bored these people, or do you think I should talk about these gross foods? I would love to hear the... You've already told me that the gross foods are coming at the beginning, so now I would love to hear them. Burp number seven. All right. That was not number seven. You've been burping under your breath the whole time you've been reading that list. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) Woohoo! But yes, I want to hear all these gross foods and some of the folks you promised us at the beginning can't let us down now. Well, yes, these things do exist. I am looking at an article on finallynews.com. The first one, yes, frozen pork, beans, and ketchup pops. At one point, and these are all foods people ate in the past. Interesting. Uh, frozen pork, beans, and ketchup pops. It was an old-fashioned treat for kids. I don't know if I would like that frozen. It sounds disgusting. It does sound disgusting. I love the article. The article actually has a little thing. We're like, we're not sure if people actually liked kids back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, a, it was actually a treat in the mid-20th century. How about beaver tail? Never had it, but I'd try it. During the fur trade boom in the 17th and 18th centuries, beaver meat became a popular meat to eat, including the tail. I'd try it. Um, tuna mold. Oh. Mm-hmm. If you, you'll notice as I go through, the, yeah, they even shaped it like a fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you, you'll notice as I go through this, for some reason, the 50s, people loved molds. They loved gelatin and molds and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what that was all about. I'd probably try it. I don't know if I'd like it, but I'd try it. Well, it was brought to life using molded tuna, gelatin, steak sauce, and cream cheese. I'd try it. I don't know. How about eel pie? I don't know. I'd try it. The colonial era people ate eel. Here's the crazy part that I thought when I read this. To trap the eels that they made into pie, they used lobsters as bait. What? Why did they just eat <laughs> yeah. the lobster? Yeah, apparently, then they didn't want. They didn't like the lobster. They wanted. They would rather eat the eel. What? Yeah. I've never had eel, so I don't. Maybe it's really good. 
I don't know. You're skipping some stuff. Yeah, because some of them are a little, eh. Like what? Uh, let's see. Sorry. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear these. Clabber. What's a clabber? You would, you would think clabber's delicious, right? I don't know. You don't know? Well, clabber's sour milk. Ew! No thanks. Um, in the 18th century, refrigeration didn't exist, so sour was a popular taste. Okay. Clabber was sour milk with toppings that included cinnamon, pepper, or nutmeg. You know, to jazz things up. Right. Um, how about ham and bananas hollandaise? That's an interesting combo. I would try it. Yeah? You would try that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So far, the only thing that I've heard that you've mentioned is that I wouldn't try would be the frozen pop and probably that sour milk. I would not try this thing. It's Folks, to describe it for you, it's bananas and it looks like they're wrapped in ham and then there's like a hollandaise sauce across it. It sounds kind of disgusting. It looks disgusting. To me. Don't yeah, no. I but I would try it. Banana candles? Is that what that said? Did yeah. that just say banana candles? Banana candles. What the fuck is that? Uh it looks in the like ni- a... in the yeah. <laughs> in the 1970s apparently anything went. <laughs> um this was yeah. Uh let's see. They kind of put uh all right, let's see. One thing is for sure, they certainly went bold with the bananas and did something no one ever thought would want to do. Mayonnaise can be seen dripping down the candle with a fake flame made of candy. Interesting. It's kind of... It's kind of uh, it looks like a banana stuck inside of a pineapple ring. I'm guessing that's the mayonnaise. But let's be honest, the banana looks phallic. like a dong. It, yeah, it's it very like phallic. Dong. Yeah. 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 Woof. Okay. English ketchup. What's the difference between English and regular ketchup? It was an Asian-inspired sauce from the old, like the old, like the, it looks like Victorian days or whatever. An Asian-inspired sauce made of mushrooms, walnuts, anchovies, and oysters, which would be served as a meat or fish sauce. Interesting. I'd try it. Posset, which is a custard. Let's see. Posset, I would try this. Posset was a rich and creamy custard dessert that, when mixed with ale, would become drinkable. It was popular to drink and serve at weddings. I don't know what it's made of, though. It's just a custard. It doesn't really say. But why is it weird? Because you mix it with the alcohol, okay. I guess. Uh... Turtle soup. We've heard about turtle soup. Uh, I've never had turtle. I you know, that's, I've never had turtle either. No? I'd try it. Get this monstrosity. Frosted ribbon loaf. What is yeah. that? All right, here we go. Here's what it is. I, sh- I need to post this article so people can see the pictures. Frosted ribbon loaf. It's a sandwich loaf made of ham, mayonnaise, eggs, pickles, and horseradish. Of course, then it's covered in cream cheese. When you uh, carry it, it jiggles a bit. <laughs> you know, I'll eat anything with cream cheese. So, yeah, I'll try it. Oh, boy. If any of these things come into our kitchen, <laughs> I, no, I'm not going to make. I'm not going to waste food to make it and try it. But if what it about, was presented to me in a small dish, I'd try it. Calf's foot jelly. What? The jelly was created by the gelatin that would appear when boiling the hoof. Okay. Originally, it was believed calf's foot jelly was good to heal sick people. Interesting. I mean, I'd probably use it as like a stock or something, but maybe not as a jelly. Stewed swan. Oh, swan. Mayonnaise jello. 
Oh, I said that earlier, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that thing. I've I've seen like old magazines with that in it. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's just, this doesn't sound good. It sounds so disgusting. I don't know why it's. And up next. Up next. Looks for gross. Your, for your palates. It's the Super Supper Salad Loaf. Super Supper Salad Loaf. Yes. What is the contents of it? It's bologna. Okay. That has been hollowed out and stuffed with mayonnaise, gelatin, and peas. From the 1950s. The ad here... That's the, a very 1950s thing. The, the ad here says, If you want to be happy when company comes, build an easy, low-point-cost menu around this super supper salad loaf. So you just put it on bread, or do you eat it like as a steak? Christ, I don't know. I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> but do you know... <laughs> yeah. I feel like my question's logical. Like, how it is. the hell do you, do you eat, eat it? Like, do you just eat the slice? Do you just slice it and put it on bread, or... It's, or don't even put it on bread? I don't know. I don't know. They've got... Uh, Dad, uh, cut up radishes on the top of it. It looks like here. God, and... that looks disgusting. Yep. I mean, I'd try it, but it looks <laughs> I mean, I'd try it. Oofa, applejack is just pretty much apple pie. How about lobster relish? I don't know. Medieval times, uh, lobster was seen as a as a food for peasants and servants in medieval times. Um. Really. The base I, of the dishes. I'd be peasant if somebody would just buy me lobster all the time. This one's from the fifties again. Of course, the base is gelatin. Yeah. And uh, I don't even. It doesn't even say what's in it. It looks kind of creepy though. I did look at it. Would you really? Yeah. Squirrel. I've had squirrel. Spaghettios and wieners. Really, squirrel's a strange thing. I kind of feel like that's normal. <laughs> Spaghettios <laughs> and wieners. Yes. Uh, I hate those little weenies. It's, it's from the spaghetti-o can. jello from what? the 50s. Oh my god, it's a gelatin. It's a mold. I, I can't it. I can't like this abomination just because you know how much I love spaghetti. You do. Spaghettios and meatballs. They're going to add gelatin and make it into like a loaf kind of thing? No thanks. No thanks. How about blue cheese mousse? Oh, right. It was the 50s. <laughs> Mix gelatin, blue cheese, sour cream and cottage cheese and there you have it. The blue cheese loaf. On a cracker? Not on a bet. Roasted hedgehog? Oh, little hedgehog. I'd try it. Let's see. Trying to find pudding of porpoise. What? Let's see. In the Middle Ages, they really fancied porpoise. Pudding of porpoise was a popular dish back then. The recipe required mixing the blood and fat of the porpoise with oatmeal and then stuffing the animal with the, that mixture. That's interesting. The entire porpoise would then be roasted. It sounds like an old-fashioned turkey. How about uh, from our friends at Jell-O? <laughs> lime and cheese salad. What? Lime and cheese? So lime jello with cheese? The salad is a combination of jello, mayonnaise, seafood, and cottage cheese. I'm just... I don't understand the fifth people's in the 50s obsession with making loafs and gelatins. I don't know. Of course, roasted cat. Oh. In the Middle Ages, a roasted cat was on the menu. Yeah. Poor mm-hmm. kitty. Though what was strange was that the way they prepared the cat. After finding a chubby cat, they would decapitate skin and bury it in the ground for 24 hours. Ew. After that, they would dig it up and roast it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do that one. Did it ever come back and haunt them? 
I don't know if I would do that one. Not because it's a cat, but because of the way it's prepared. Oh, boy. What's this one? More 50s gelatin. Oh, cool. Let's say it's summertime in the 50s, and you're invited to a dinner party. You're thinking they're going to serve something light and refreshing. Well, there's a chance you'd be served a jellied tomato refresher. Okay. All right. It is made of gelatin, tomato juice, beef broth, and Worcestershire sauce. Is it a drink? Is it a soup? <laughs> what it's is a soup. It? It's a soup. Actually, I think I'd try it. I would really enjoy that one. Oh, crikey. Ah, oh, the 50s again. Perfection salad. Okay. What's so perfect? There's a picture That of looks it. awful. Like, it just looks... It's a goulash of a jello. The perfection salad is essentially a bunch of cut-up vegetables placed in, you guessed it, a jello mold. You guessed it. <laughs> God, the 1950s. Oh, Lord. Oofa. And their gelatin. And their jello. Uh, canned hamburgers. I'm not surprised. We have spam. <laughs> All right. I'm not surprised. I like spam. Ugh. I don't. No? No. Yeah, I like spam. Fry up some spam. No. Nope. Uh, let's see. Lemon something. I can't read it from here. Lemon flavored lamb's brawn? From the 50s. Interesting. Lemon flavor, flavored lamb's brawn. Let's see. It's gelatin. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's um, it's lamb's meat in gelatin. Let's see. What exactly is lamb brawn? Lamb brawn, it's the meat from the head that's cooked and pressed in a pot with jelly. I feel like I've had that, but not like in gelatin, I guess. And that is, that's it. That's it? That's it. Yeah, the the first one, the frozen popsicle and the sour milk are the two out of that whole list that I would say absolutely. Oh, yeah, the cat. I'm going to say absolutely not on those. It was definitely an interesting list. That was an interesting list. So there you go. That's our edition of Delish here on the, uh, Hmm. the Motley Soup podcast. Yeah. If you are a listener of the show and are not a member of our Facebook group, do it. Sometimes it's a meme hole, but at least you'll smile. And sometimes we do giveaways, and sometimes we do live videos. And you need to go and subscribe to our YouTube. Yes. Go subscribe to the Motley Soup YouTube. It'll take you all of 10 seconds to do so. We have fun, and we participate in the Adventure Challenge, and we do other things, too. Yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you struggled to get that out. Yarp. Yarp. Well, say goodbye to your adoring fans. Bye, adoring fans. All right, super fans. For now, we will see ya. <laughs> <laughs>